So I definitely will say that my parents and my my uh, siblings and all that they definitely helped me a lot. So when my foster kids behaved the way he did, it just left a bad taste in my family's mouth because it's like, hey, we've never had number one, we've never had a kid that ever acted like this. Number two, we ain't got sometimes we ain't got time for this, you know, because you know I always tell I always tell. I always tell people like you know how I'm I'm raised how I was raised versus how I'm raising is two different things because if I acted any kind of way myself would have been what you know or whatever but um, I feel like one thing that my mom would always tell me was that like any time that you deal with certain things it's because you were the same person dealing that you know. I was. I can't say I was a bad kid, but I can't say I was the top top A one kid either. I was just one of those kids that had a bad mouth, um, and I just. And but I was kind of advanced in just my my uh, interpersonal skills and how I talk talk with people. I could have a whole conversation with an adult as as a as a kid because that's just how smart I was with with building relationships and building uh, communication. So that's you know I, I'm old spirit, you know. So um, so that's kind of half time that got me in trouble. But um, one thing I wanted to say was that yeah, like it just you know like I was just coming off of, off of my foster kid's behavior, like it just really like just bothered me, just didn't right me. And I'm like, you've been with me for a good while now. You know how to act. You know all that stuff. Like, I, and I get it. Yes, it's, it's the holidays. You know, some kids, some things hit different to, uh, with kids around the time because they can't be with a family, and just, just sometimes it's like you're never satisfied. And one thing I can say is that my foster kids had struggled a lot with um, just being by himself because you know I, I had his his two stepsisters earlier, and then um, I had sibling business with his his um, half-sibling, so at the end of the day, he's looking like, how come I'm the only one still here, and I can't be with my siblings, and all that stuff, but it's just like, some things kids just don't fully understand, and so with me, it was just like, hey, I get that this is what's going on, but it doesn't justify your actions. Yes, you may feel alone, and all that, but at the end of the day, it doesn't give you a right of passage to act a complete button. <laughs> you know, um, the one I can say probably one thing that kind of I can't say like like hurt me or whatever hurt my feelings or maybe that it just concerned me um, or not even concerned me. It's just like really because um, when my foster was talking to my case manager, you know, she just wanted to talk to him to see how he was doing, and she said, um, you know, she was asking him a different things and. I, uh, uh, he said something like, "Oh, I want a, I want a cell phone," and I'm like, "A seven-year-old want a cell phone, you know?" But he's like, "Yeah, I want a cell phone," and, and my case manager was like, "Why do you want a cell phone?" And he said, "Because if anything happens, like if I'm at school and the bus breaks down, I can call my mom, or if the, you know, phone don't pick me up, I can, I can call my mom." And I'm, and but he's thinking of it now, so it's kind of like when you're with a kid. Every day, 24/7, you know, it was the fact that he don't think he doesn't think of me, you know, in the event of emergency. 
looking, but maybe you don't have the sense to understand that. And so one thing about me, I'm like, I told, told my kids, and I was like, did you realize he didn't think of me? Someone who's been taking care of him consistently for the past couple months, who's been there more than, you know, quote unquote, the parents, parents, I'm not thought of. And some people might take that the wrong way, some people might be hurt, but at the end of the day, we got to kind of look at that mindset of that child. You know, so I'm like, well, I'm not thought of, like, that makes me feel great. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it, it, I understood better, but it's just, you know, his his main instinct or basic instinct is I need to call my mom. I don't need to call Mrs. Lamar, you know, even though Mrs. Lamar is the one that picks me up, takes care of me, feeds me, da 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 you know. So it's just like he didn't understand that. And so, so, yeah, so we did get to the root of everything, and it was just the fact that, he didn't like how I approached things, and then I didn't like how he responded to things. So it was one of those meet in the middle, like, I'll do this, and you do this, do this. But at the end of the day, I am the parent, I am the adult, and this is how you're supposed to, to abide by me, you know, because we've never had these issues before. But um, one thing I can say is that this whole, out of all these couple months that I've had this kid, probably, this whole year was that type of year in which I had older kids, and I never in, in initially wanted older kids, never. Um, I just, I took the time out to really, like, meet the need of a child for that, that whole security. Um, so I took in his other siblings at the expense of his, uh, at the expense of my happiness and what I really wanted. And I had moments in which, after his step-siblings left, I had the possibility of getting his, his other siblings because he was just having a hard time, you know, not having them. But I was going back and forth and not being fully sure if I really wanted it, wanted all these kids. I would have, like, four kids, and I was like, I don't know if that's not what I want, you know. And I, I stopped talking to my case manager that day, and I was like, you know what? I said, this is not what I want. Like, I don't want two older kids and two little kids. I want an infant. I want a baby. Like, I, I had, I can't say, like, well, no, I've said it before, oh, my happiest time was when I had a baby. Oh yeah, because I had a, a I had a sibling. He had a sibling that we just like instantly connected. And, and and I can't say that like every kid that you get you'll be connected to because that's definitely not it. Like, but half the time, you know, certain things kind of mess with the connection. Like, you know, um, I'll just say that like for me, I just <laughs> I just hated that you know like that I was doing so much for this for the kid I have now that never, like, nothing registered to him that, hey, he's doing a lot for me. You know, not saying that I need acknowledgement, but it's just like sometimes kids don't have that sense of reality of, hey, this person's doing all this for me, and I'm not even getting my attitude right, I'm not behaving, I'm not doing all that, like, and especially when they're at the age of understanding, you know, so I told myself, I said, no, I said, I can't. As a parent, I've said this so many times, as a parent, we put our kids' needs above our own needs. But half the time, we really need to consider our needs before we, you know, before we meet other needs. Because what do they say when you're on a plane? In the event of emergency, secure your own mask before you secure the next person. That, that, that can be applied to a lot of stuff. So in this situation, I gotta apply my own mask before I apply the the other person's mask. Because if I can't have myself together, how am I supposed to help somebody? 
you know. And so I just start, started pondering and thinking. I'm like, hey, I, I can't meet all these needs of this kid because those needs go beyond what I'm able to meet. So, so I was just like, I just told you know his case manager, I was like, I can't do it. Like, it's not what I want, and I need to get back to what I want so I can meet the needs of the kids the way I need, the way I know, and the way I need need to meet them. So I said he's with me until until a transition. He's transitioned elsewhere with maybe with all his siblings because that's the goal. And there's there's a lot of different things that have come up in in the in the process in which it's going to be be for both of our kids. But um, I just you know I'm at that point now where it's like I never dealt with a kid in which we we had a hard time adjusting to each other. You know, and so um, there's there's a lot more to explore, but I'm just kind of like trying to hit the nail on some things, but just mainly because like like the prequel to that after convo was just the fact that I was dealing with uh, with behaviors in which I just was like really come on like you know, there's no excuse type of stuff. Um, I'm one of the most understanding people you probably will ever meet. But I do have my boundaries and what I can tolerate and what I won't tolerate. But I will say that 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 um, the after combo was just my way of venting and kind of just getting the sense of reality. But in in no way um, means that like I didn't I didn't mean what I said, you know, because there's so much reality to being a foster parent, and sometimes you need to be able to and and have and get other people's opinions so you can better understand your own, you know. That's why I love the rawness and realness of the after combo episode because, you know, yes, it may have some words in there and not from me, but just the fact that sometimes that's the reality, that sometimes that's how we feel or how other people feel about about other situations. So I'm definitely thankful for that conversation that was had and, and for that episode because it's much needed. I have so many conversations that I wish I could just record, but I don't, I'm not thinking of that, or maybe sometimes people don't want to be recorded for a podcast episode, but at the end of the day, like, I'm learning more, and I can say, I told someone um, that, like, the other day or something, I said, you know what, I, I'm learning more about my kid, my foster kid, by, by the day, I'm learning how um, his temperament more the little things that he does if he's nervous and this and that like I understand I'm reading better you know um, so I mean no one said it was easy or, peach, or, or peachy but you know you just gotta handle it and take it take it by the day you know so um, but yeah so I just want to be able to drop, drop in and definitely just kind of shed some light to how everything went before um you know, that day, because that day he just had a really rough day, and he just wasn't in the mood for anything, and then he, when he was in the mood, I was in the mood for that, so, and just, and then it's like, I, and, and one thing that I can say is that sometimes, like, when, like, when my case manager comes over, like, I, I want her to see, the, see how, because, you know, half the time, you know, like, certain stuff will happen, behaviors and stuff that you, I can call my case manager and say, this is what's going on, or I can document it, but the fact that you can come and you can actually see it is another, another story. But one thing I just, I love about my case manager is that she knew how, like, I, I learned so, so, she knew I learned so much out of the last placement I had, which I had, you know, a girl who had just a lot of issues and, and stuff like that, and a lot of trauma, 
and you know the difference between an older kid with trauma and a young kid with with just behavior is that they they act differently and they bounce back differently. You know, and um, and I, I and I'll say sometimes not with your own kid, but like with foster kids, sometimes certain things will hinder your connection with them. It will, you know, and I can even say that even back when I had my first kid, I had connection issues with him. Yeah, yeah, you you think why do you have connection issues with the toddler? Because certain when you're not understanding of of the full aspect of a toddler, certain things that you can't set right at the time um, become hard. You know, so that's one thing that like I will encourage other foster parents and stuff like that. Like the toddlers, like they're the, the toddlers, like the age of two. That's a fun, a fun age because I can say that I had a blast having a toddler. You know, because they they soak up so much energy and so much knowledge that you know it sets them right if as long as you're guiding them right. Because then because I've had kids in in between that just didn't know how to read, didn't know how to write at the age that they should have because no one took the time out to show them. If you don't take the time out to teach these kids all this stuff at the very beginning, they'll, it'll be that much harder for the, for that next person. So that's why I was like, love the toddler age because you can teach them so much, you know, as long as you're willing to because they're going to learn. It's, it's, it's repetitive stuff, constant, uh, constant stuff. Oh, they'll get it. So, so yeah, that's my little tidbit for... for this episode, but um, other than that, I just definitely wanted to just, you know, have a co- little conversation or just a sidebar um, over the last episode, and I just thank y'all for um, listening, you know, and, and continuing to listen, because um, I definitely love doing this podcast and, you know, all that, so thank you.